Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. When I found out about Anna's podcast, I was just obsessed. I like listened to a bunch of episodes and I was like, wow, this is such a great resource for patients like me, for parents of patients like me to learn so much because I know my mom has tried to learn as much as she could. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski and I'm a heart mom. My son Alexander was born with a congenital heart defect, which has required three open heart surgeries. He is the reason I'm the host of your program. I am so honored to be the host for today's program because this show is a celebration of eight years of Heart to Heart with Anna, and I have a wonderful room full of people who are here to celebrate this milestone with me. There are over two million podcasts now, two million. Sadly, most podcasts experience podcast fade, which is a term that means that someone starts a podcast but only does a handful of episodes before deciding it's just too much work. To have a podcast that has been around since 2013 is very unusual. And it's not something that I could have done by myself. It has taken a host of volunteers, the Hearts Unite the Globe nonprofit board, our patrons, and recently our medical advisory board to keep Heart to Heart with Anna going strong. So welcome to this special edition of Heart to Heart with Anna. Today, I'm going to start with talking to some of our volunteers. And Rita Scoggins, I'm going to start with you because you have been with me since the very beginning. Yes, Anna, I think I have. It's hard to believe. (laughs) I know, it is very hard. (laughs) Rita, Rita and I have known each other for... 20, 20 some years ever since I got online I think right I have known each other which is really yeah. really cool I, so I guess that makes it 25 years so Rita we have known each other for 25 years which really is pretty remarkable and we've been friends that entire time but can you tell us what motivated you to join Heart Unite the Globe or Hug what motivated me was I've always wanted to be involved in the heart world because my daughter is a heart warrior she doesn't like to be called that but She's a congenital heart warrior survivor. (laughs) I've just always wanted to be involved, and I knew Anna did good work, and I was just ready to help her do what I could. So I joined a bunch of heart groups and started sharing. So Anna motivated me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Hug actually has not been around for 25 years, but Rita has been around since we started, and I we qualified for our nonprofit status in 20, 
2013, but they backdated us for a couple of years because I told them all the good works that we had been doing <laughs> before I applied for the nonprofit status. So yeah, so 2011 is when we were actually granted that nonprofit status. But you and right. I were doing stuff way before that. And yes, we were. And then in 2013, when I found out about this opportunity, you jumped in with both feet, just like me. So I really appreciate that, Rita. You've been awesome. Allison, I have not known for quite so long. So Allison, Allison Holmes, can you tell us as a HUG volunteer, what motivated you to join HUG and how long you've been involved? I did my first podcast in 2019, I believe. And what motivated me to do the podcast, for one, is I wanted to be part of spreading awareness for the congenital heart community because we just don't have enough awareness. It's getting better, but it's still lacking. On one hand, I wanted to spread awareness. And on the other hand, I wanted to meet more people like myself who live with congenital heart disease. So that was my motivating factor there. And I just love helping. That's what I loved about you when I was interviewing you for your first episode. You talked about some of the volunteer work you do. And whenever someone's been a guest on my show, I always send them a thank you note. And I say, by the way, I'd love for you to volunteer with me. And you wrote back right away and you said, okay, I'm interested in helping. And I really love that about you. So I appreciate that. Vicki Lucas, I've known you almost as long as I've known Rita. So can you tell us what motivated you to join HUG and how long you've been involved helping out? Goodness sakes, it feels like it's been a very long time. As far as HUG is concerned, I think I know that I was one of your first season guests. Mm -hmm. This is my fourth time (laughs) as my son, who's now 24, has grown. The topics have become more relevant to the transitioning young adult population and My position as a special education teacher has come into play into that as well. But Mm -hmm. Alexander is 24 years old, and he does have hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And he also has Fontan-associated liver disease. And right now, he is a pre-transplant candidate. Uh, Wow. When I was in the hospital with him the first month he was there, someone said, you have to get in touch with this woman. Her name is Anna Jaworski. I believe she lives in Florida. And she has an Alexander, and she wrote a book called Hypoplastic uh, Handbook for Parents. And I think I emailed you right away. So we've been in touch for 24 years. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. And it met about, I would say, four years ago, personally. We did a walk. Yep, we, yep, did. we did. In Pennsylvania. Yep. Mm-hmm. You drove so, over to yeah. meet with me when Frank and I went to Hershey, which yes. was really cool. Heartunet Globe has been a wonderful blessing in contributing and assisting you. It has been an honor. And the parents and the families and the heart patients that we've been able to reach out to has been monumental. It's meant so much to me. And getting a chance to meet people face-to-face is probably one of the greatest joys that I have. Every time we travel, my poor husband, whenever we're talking about going someplace, I'm like, wait a minute, let me see who I know who lives there. (laughs) And then Frank is such a good sport about just joining in and meeting all these new people. And we've had the best conversations and so much fun in doing that. And thank you. Yeah. Megan Tones is probably my most consistent script writing buddy. With her, I can get 
a lot of work done and we still have fun and get a chance to see each other's dogs. And she has been on my show. Is it five times that you've been on the podcast? Yeah, it would be actually. I think five times. (laughs) I think so. So the most recent episode that Megan was on, she actually came on with her parents and that was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed doing that. Megan, what motivated you to join Hug and how long have you been involved? I wanted to join Hug because I wanted to do something to help the congenital heart disease community, but I felt that by contributing to an organisation that I could perhaps do more by working with a group of people. And that's certainly been my experience in my career working on different projects is that everyone brings different expertise and you can sometimes achieve a whole lot more as a group than you can compared to when you're just working by yourself. Right, definitely. I think it was around 2015 that I first met you, but I was aware of the podcast through Facebook and maybe it was sometime after I'd first been a guest on your show that I started volunteering as a script writer so I think probably around about five or six years I've been involved that sounds right that sounds right you have been just invaluable behind the scenes Megan thanks Anna it's been a lot of fun working on the show it really has I feel like I've gotten to know you so much better and I can't wait to go to Australia someday to meet you in person Yes. Yeah, that would be wonderful. There is definitely a lot to see in Australia. Yes. Well, Janet, (laughs) welcome to the show. This is the first time for you to be a guest on the program. Janet Thompson has been a producer. She has seen all the behind the scenes parts of putting the show together. And most recently, she has been the volunteer coordinator for Hearts Unite the Globe. Tell me how long you've been involved with HUG and what motivated you to join us. I have been a volunteer for HUG a little over two and a half years. My motivation was being a close friend to Anna, which I've known for over 20 years since our children were small. And I was always so impressed with how Anna provided the best care for her son, Alex, who was born with a congenital heart defect and her dedication to try to find out as much about the disease as possible and share that information with other people. I love you for saying that. Thank you so much, Janet. Poor Janet. She got stuck sitting next to me while our kids were doing theater and she got to hear probably a lot more than she bargained on. (laughs) Well, I was so happy when you decided to join us as a volunteer and to help out as a volunteer coordinator. Your help has just been so, so valuable. And I'm sad that you're not the volunteer coordinator anymore, but I know that we always have your support, just like you showing up to help with this recording. So thanks, Janet. Well, you are quite welcome. It has been an absolute honor to get to know some of the people in the community. It's wonderful how they are so caring for each other. They are. They really are. To me, that's one of the most enjoyable parts about working with HUG is all the different people. Don't you think, Janet? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And one of those other people is Deborah Nagajron, who has been a guest on the program, and she has been a volunteer. She's a brilliant writer, and I love it when she helps me with script writing. Hi, Deborah. 
Hi, Anna. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you back. I haven't seen you for a while, so welcome back. Congratulations. I mean, eight years is a real achievement, and the impact is one that you will really never know the extent of it because even just doing one small thing can ripple so much. And you've just done such a body of work already. So thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. I remember how excited I was when I started keeping stats and then we reached 100,000 listeners. It just felt like, wow. Although there are some shows like Joe Rogan, he gets 100,000 with each show. So, <laughs> you know, but everything is relative. And for us to hit 100,000 really meant a lot. And we hit episode 300 and that meant so much. But yeah, eight years, it really has been quite a journey. When did you start with Hug and what motivated you to join? It was a little over, I think, a year ago when I learned about your podcast and I think a Facebook group for Touchology Flow, one of the support groups on there. And that whole previous year, I had kind of joined that group just to get information. And we had found out our son was going to need possibly surgery, but he was in a clinical trial to maybe fix the issue a different way. And we were just navigating that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And he ended up having surgery. And then afterwards, I really felt like I wanted to share everything that we had learned Mm -hmm. to help other families in the same situation. And I think around then is when we hooked up and you invited me to be a guest and it was a wonderful experience. And then after that, I just wanted to kind of help work on the show when I could and do some script writing, that kind of thing. So it's been a wonderful experience for me and hopefully helpful. (laughs) Oh, it was absolutely helpful. I love your insight. When you and Megan and I were working together and when Lori was working with us, there's such a nice synergy and there's such a nice melding of the minds. Lori Hill has also been terrific at helping me with script writing. And I think you even did some transcript editing. So Lori's been my all-around great gal who does a little bit of this and a little bit of that to help me out. So thank you for that, Lori. Can you tell us what you do as a HUG volunteer and what you have learned through volunteering with HUG? Yeah, of course. So I've learned a lot from being a HUG volunteer. I think a lot of it is learning how to communicate with different kinds of people I've done a lot of script writing and a lot of transcription afterwards of the shows. And so I've learned how different people speak and how to ask questions in certain ways to give people like a safe, open space to answer the question in the way that they would like to answer. And I think in general, that's just been really helpful overall. Oh, I love that. When I first met you, I kind of felt like you were really shy. And I feel like I've watched you blossom, Lori. Yeah, I think I was really shy. And I didn't quite know if I wanted to be involved in the CHG community and if I wanted to share my story. But I think with volunteering and you encouraging me to be on a program, it has really kind of brought the story out of me. And now I love to share it and hope that people can get things from it. And your story has been such a source of inspiration for others. I remember when you were helping me with one of the scripts and 
you discovered that the mother who was coming on the program had a son who had the same syndrome mm-hmm. that you do. And that didn't come out when you were on the show with me, but you right. were so sweet and you reached out to this mother and gave her so much hope. I just really appreciated you doing that. Yeah, it's been great to be able to have those connections for sure. Yeah, I just love it. Megan, you and Lori and I have worked together a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we have. But I'm wondering what you have learned by volunteering with us. Well, as you know, I would generally second what Lori has said. I think that learning about different ways to ask questions, summarizing information, because I do a lot Mm. of the bios, so I do research on the guest and come up with an engaging bio without giving too much away. You're so good at that. I feel like we play detective together, don't you? We do. It's a a good place to learn and a good place to use and build my skills as well. You're such a gifted writer. You do such a lovely job of expressing yourself in the written form, Megan, and verbally too. Of course, I wouldn't have you on my show five times if I didn't think you could express yourself, but I just love to read things that you write, especially some of the creative writing you've shared with me. That has been so much fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So Allison, what do you do as a HUG volunteer and what have you learned through volunteering with HUG? Well, I do podcast transcripts, and I also do some sound engineering. So I really like doing that. It's actually very fun. And Allison is a English as a second language teacher. So she's really good at editing transcripts. And we're actually using a new program called Descript to do the sound engineering. So instead of having to do it like I started doing it with Audacity to begin with, where all you see is sound files We actually, with Descript, can look at the sound file or the audio file, but we also can see it in words, which is really cool. So she can edit it just like she would edit a transcript. So that actually works out perfectly, doesn't it? It does. And and that's one thing I've learned. I've learned a lot more technology kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we have learned together, haven't we, Allison? (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) That's one of the things I love about my volunteers. They're okay to starting something new and accepting a new challenge and then just rolling with it so they can help out the nonprofit. So I really, really do appreciate you, especially doing the transcript editing because we have a number of people who are English as a second language listeners, and we have people who are hard of hearing and deaf. So by having those transcripts available of the podcast, they're able to, quote unquote, listen to the podcast as well. Or if they're not a native English speaker, they're able to listen to it, but then they can read it because a lot of the people are very educated who listen to our show. But Some of the accents will give them a problem, but if they can see it in print, they're able to better understand it. Laura, Laura Ryan, can you tell me what you do as a HUG volunteer and what you have learned through volunteering with HUG? Okay. I've done script writing, guest hosting. I've been a guest on your program, Mm -hmm. and I've learned a lot. I mean, about different people, about different cultures, 
And I made a lot of friends, especially you. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say that. Yes. We were actually friends before the podcast, but I think the podcast has brought us even closer together. Right. Yeah, we were friends. We met before the podcast at Mm -hmm. Carol's house. Carol Self. Yes. A grandmother of of a grandson with HLHS. We met in Florida and we had a wonderful time going to SeaWorld together and enjoying Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) boys came in costumes, which was really fun because our children were close in age at the time. So that was really special. Right. This, I think, just brought us closer because we were working on the scripts together Mm -hmm. and we talk, we figure things out. I'm not afraid to say, no, change it this way or change it that way. (laughs) Why don't we do it, you know, say it this way. And you're very receptive to that. And I'm receptive when you say no keep it that way. You know, you got to be like that. One of the things that I like with you and Rita, especially, and Allison too, is that through the conversations that we've had together, we came up with ideas for shows that we hadn't thought about before. You did a great show with Kathy Ware, who's your best friend. The two of you talked about menopause, how women who are born with congenital heart defects sometimes experience menopause differently than people who were born with heart defects, especially complex congenital heart defects. And I thought that was a really interesting show that never even entered my mind. So I was was really glad that we had that conversation. And I know that's happened. Allison and I were just talking while we were working on something else. And Somehow the topic of spirituality came up and I said, hey, would you be willing to talk about that in a podcast? And that will be ending our season this year. And it's a really powerful topic. It's a really powerful podcast, actually. We've already recorded it and it's very, very well done. So I appreciate it when you all give me ideas. And it's so funny because... Brenda Lane Phillips is here and he and I were just talking in Messenger and he was sharing some ideas with me for a podcast that we're going to do together for 2022. So I would love to know what has been your greatest joy or heartfelt moment while you have been a volunteer. And I'm going to start with you, Laura. Wow. There's been a lot. I guess one of them was when I was on the show with Rita. Mm Mm-hmm because we knew each other and just getting to interview her was like just so easy. It wasn't, it was just like bantering with a friend back and forth. And that was very heartfelt. Mm -hmm. Meeting you, going to dinner with you, but that's not really about being a volunteer. (laughs) Well, it's always a fun excuse for me when I travel. And (laughs) like I said, we met at Carol Self's house. 20 some odd years ago. But then since then, my son Joseph lives in Florida and he's given us an excuse to go back to Florida. And you were so kind to say, sure, I'll meet up with you when we were visiting with Joey once. So that was really cool that I got a chance to meet your husband. Right. I hadn't met him before. Right. And the four of us, you, Frank, Jamie, and I going to dinner, going to miniature golf and that just was like (laughs) fun and that was very i mean that stands out it's not really a volunteer moment but if we were working together we may not have made that happen so right yeah i love that too i love getting a chance to see the people who 
all of us are putting so much time and effort into making this podcast, making this information available to the world that I think it just makes us closer and closer friends. Yeah. And the script writing sessions too with Megan, Mm -hmm. those are always fun. Yeah, absolutely. And moving sometimes because we talk and tell stories that we probably wouldn't tell in a normal setting. Right. Right. What about you, Rita? You've been with me since the beginning. What's been your greatest joy or most heartfelt moment while you've been volunteering? Like Laura said, I think there's quite a few of those moments. I think one of them for sure is when I post the shows on Facebook and the various different heart groups that I belong to. When I get likes or I get questions or I get comments that say, oh, I really enjoyed this show. I was looking for this information. Thank you for posting this. It shows me that I'm getting through to people about the show so that they can learn what they want to learn from it. So that always makes me feel good. Of course, I've been on the show several times and I've co-hosted. And when we did the show with my daughter, Victoria, and you helped us with the Wear Purple for Congenital Heart Defects event that we try to do every year. You don't try to. You do it, girlfriend. You do it every (laughs) year. And look at how much it's grown since you all started that. Yes, it has grown. And uh, keep doing it as long as she wants to. It was her idea. It's her event. Like I share the podcast for you, I share the event for her. Mm -hmm. And also, just getting to meet you. I can remember the first time I met you was at a book show in Austin. It was. It's huge. Right. Every year, Texas has a week where they promote literature and they bring authors from all over the world to come in and be speakers and do presentations. And the Writers League of Texas always has a table. So one year I had a table and I was signing copies of The Heart of a Mother, which Rita contributed to. And you came up <laughs> to me while I was there. And it was my first time to meet you. So it was right. really exciting to see you. And it was my first time to meet Victoria as well. Yes. And then I've met Laura also out in Florida when we were there. We spent some time at Disney World together with her son and with Victoria. Yep. That was before I had Liam. Yes, I just it was. So it's that. been a while back. <laughs> wow. Wow. So That's yeah, so cool. those are all things that just they're joyful things. They're, mm-hmm. They brought us together as a community, as people that have the same interests, the same things going on in our lives. So yeah, the whole experience has been wonderful. I'm so glad that you say that because that's exactly how I feel. Okay, Deborah, I'm saving you for the last one for this question. I'm curious because you haven't volunteered quite as much as some of the other people, but I'm wondering if you have learned anything through your volunteering with HUG. Yeah, definitely I have. I would say a couple different things. I would say personally, I've learned that there was an avenue that I didn't know existed to connect with this community and just how healing that would end up being when I was actually sharing information with other people that they were asking for or had questions about that I was surprised how healing it ended up being for me to do that. And 
I think being a parent, as your child is growing, you kind of have peaks and valleys of grieving different things all the time Mm -hmm. and things that can be re-traumatizing that kind of can hit you out of the blue or grieving the loss of a particular expectation that you may or may not even have known that you had. Yeah. Yes. um, I definitely think this was an avenue for me to just explore a little bit more of what advocacy could look like or just different ways to contribute back to this community because I feel like I've learned a lot and some of the information might be helpful to people in a different way than I would even expect because Mm -hmm. we have so many different universal themes that connect us. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you are so right, Deborah. Yes. Yeah. So I think that and just how the flexibility of being able to participate when I had availability and also just not just the busyness and the chaos of normal life, but also having that emotional availability to do mm, it. Yeah. Um, that was just a really good fit. So it just gave me a new perspective of what participating could look like. And it was good. And I look forward to doing it again. That makes my heart sing. That is such a sweet thing that you said. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think as parents, especially as parents of young adults, and then Alex is now not even so much a young adult, I don't guess. Janet, we're getting old. And so we have- Don't remind me. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it really has changed my feelings. You're so right, Deborah. my feelings, my expectations. And you're right. We do go in and out of grief. And you're so right about getting hit out of the blue sometimes. I think the other thing was that there are times when my son was growing up that he would balk at any sort of suggestion of participating in anything to do with supporting congenital heart disease at all. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to also respect that boundary that he very clearly communicated. Mm -hmm. And if he was going to change his position on that, let it kind of unfold organically in his own time and in the way that suited him. And that's exactly what has happened. He's almost 18 now. And now he's very open to talking about it, especially with peers and other kids facing similar things. So I think this gave me an avenue to participate without, it just, it looked very different from what I thought it had to look like. And so that's been just a gift. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am going to move on to the medical advisory board portion of our recording, and I'm going to talk to Dr. Brandeline Phillips First, can you tell us what do you achieve or hope to achieve from being part of this community? And of course, you're in a very unique position, Dr. Phillips, since you're also a heart warrior. 
And I'm answering this from the context being a heart warrior. Community is so very important. And just listening to all of you talk and how y'all have met up and played mini golf and all of those things, it's so very, very, very important to this group to have a sense of community, a sense of belonging, a sense of I'm not the only one with this. I was in New York last week to talk on a learning disability that I have. And I got to meet up with Amy Lee, who is a heart warrior and author herself. And it was the first time that we met and you had connected us. And that was a gift from you, Anna. So this definitely fills a need. And as you talked about, I'm a physician, but I'm also a congenital heart warrior who was born with Tetralogy of Fallot. And just growing up in a rural community, access to information about congenital heart disease is just so hard to come by. I think hearing your stories is helpful. I think it's encouraging. And I'm just glad that you've been around for eight years. And I hope you have many more years to go with us, Anna. You do fantastic work. Oh, thank you, Dr. Phillips. And you neglected to say one other role that you play, and that is as a published writer. Yes, I won the book award for the congenital heart disease community with my book, When I Wished Upon a Star, that I wrote with Jeremy Miller, who was an actor on Growing Pains, who I had wished to meet when I was 11 years old through a wish, the Starlight Children's Foundation. So I love putting those little stickers on my book. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'm glad that people in the congenital heart community enjoy reading the book and they reach out to me and let me know how much they enjoy hearing my story. Yeah, it's an awesome story. It's on Amazon. So if any of you are interested, but he's also joined our heart community collection, which is a group of authors who have all come together to try and support it well, not to try to we've all come together to support one another and encourage one another and help with marketing, which is always hard for authors. So thank you. You fill so many roles, Dr. Phillips. You're just in so many different roles in the heart world. And it's been such a joy for me to talk with you. And Frank and I are already planning a trip to Monroe so we can actually meet you in person. That's awesome. Chris and I would enjoy meeting you and your husband. So I, I look forward to you coming. Yeah, see, I had the good fortune of already meeting Chris, but Frank wasn't with me. So that'll be a chance for Frank to get to meet both of you. Dr. Beauvais is not able to be here today, but he is also part of the medical advisory board. And when he heard that we were doing this, he said, well, I'm going to write my answers and then you can read them. So here's what Dr. Beauvais said. He said, congratulations on eight years of fantastic work. I'm afraid I can't make it to the podcast this week due to travel and family obligations. I wanted to be part of this organization to do whatever I can to make sure that parents and patients are getting up-to-date and accurate information about congenital heart defects. My advice is to learn all you can about your child's heart condition and not to be afraid of getting a second opinion. The more you know, the easier it is for the care team to discuss things and administer the best care that they can. And that's from Dr. Edward L. Beauvais. And he is just an amazing surgeon and has been part of the HUG Medical Advisory Board since we first started. So I really appreciate him sharing his thoughts with us and for him being part of the program. He's just been such a vital part of that. Dr. Phillips, can you tell me what prompted you to be part of the Medical Advisory Board? Well, Anna, I'm thankful you asked me to be a part of it after doing a few podcasts with you. It's just been a joy to work with you on all different fronts. And thank you for including me on the medical advisory board. 
it's been my pleasure. And I certainly have enjoyed talking with you about your own personal experience, but I am looking forward to the two of us working even more in the future to present some topics like we talked about earlier where we were private messaging. And I'm sure everybody's going to be privy to that pretty soon. So let me ask you one more question, Dr. Phillips, and that is, as an expert in the field of cardiology, what advice do you have for new parents of heart warriors? I think even as a physician, I am in a unique position. My nurse is also a congenital heart disease survivor. Um, You've already mentioned her, Chris Donald. I think we are probably one of the very few, if not only, nurse physician teams that are providing care for patients with congenital heart disease, where both of us are also congenital heart disease survivors. So I think our message to our families is just a message of hope and encouragement. There are now more adults than children living with congenital heart disease, And not only are we living, we are thriving. Um, I think that's one of the most encouraging things that we can Mm -hmm. give parents because that is the thing that we most often get asked when we have a new diagnosis is, well, what does life look like in the future for my child? It's almost like sometimes they forget that we have to get through the surgeries now, but they want to know what to expect long term. Right, exactly. So Chris, Chris Donald, who we've just been talking about, is also on my medical advisory board. I met her thanks to you, Dr. Phillips. What do you achieve or hope to achieve from being part of the congenital heart defect community? Hi there. I just think the best thing we can do is educate people and also bring them together. The very first time I met another person with congenital heart disease who is my age, was when I met Dr. Phillips and I was a nurse in the NICU in my twenties. And that was the first time I had ever met someone else who could relate with what I had been through. Mm -hmm. And since then I've realized there's a huge group, there's Facebook groups, there's a whole world of other parents and families and survivors that are just out there. But the problem is you feel so alone until you get connected And so I think that as an organization, we can work by connecting people so that people know they're not alone. I love that. I love the fact that you and Dr. Phillips have worked not only being a role model just by virtue of the fact that you have survived your heart conditions, but then gone into working in the medical field because I can't even imagine what it would be like to walk into your clinic and there's the nurse who's got a scar, hey, just like me. And then there's the doctor who has a scar just like me. It must make them and the parents feel so at ease because you really do understand what they're living with from both sides, intellectually from having studied it, but then also from having experienced it. What prompted you to be part of the medical advisory board, Chris? Well, you asked me and (laughs) I thought it was a wonderful opportunity because as a nurse and as a fellow survivor, you want people to not feel alone and have a very unique perspective, just like Dr. Phillips, because I work in the medical field. I'm a pediatric cardiology nurse and I have been through it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Weren't you born with hypoplastic right heart syndrome, Chris? Am I remembering right? Yes, I'm hypoplastic right heart. So I've had the Fontan and my last heart cath was last September. Oh, wow. Dr. Phillips, did you want to say something? Yeah, I did. I wanted to brag on Chris's mom for a second. 
Her mom makes our new babies with congenital heart diagnoses who are going to have surgery, handmade quilts that we get to give out. And they have a little note from her mom that shares Chris's story with them from the beginning. So that is like the best way of being able to break the ice with the families. And it introduces me and Chris as both congenital heart survivors. It's absolutely one of the best gifts that we can give the new parents when they're going off to surgery. Wow. I've never heard of anybody else doing that. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Chris, when I come to Monroe, can I meet your mom? Does she live there too? Yes, she does. Oh my gosh. Okay, she Frank, adopt me? see why we need to go to Monroe? What? What did you say? I said, can her mom adopt me? <laughs> Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've been okay. trying to get her to adopt me. She makes the best ice cream sundaes. <laughs> All the more reason. There you go. Well, I'll have to let you know, Laura, when we plan a trip up to Monroe and maybe you could join us. Okay. Okay. Chris, I have one more question for you, sweetie. As an expert in the field of pediatric cardiology, what advice do you have for new parents of heart warriors? Wow. That's a hard question. I think the first thing they can do is just breathe because it's a huge, huge diagnosis. If they're like my mom, she didn't know about me until after I was born. So she had no clue that I was going to need a heart cath right away. That instead of bringing my beautiful girl home, it's we're going straight to surgery and the outlook isn't great. But I think the first thing you can do is just take a step back and breathe and just remember that God is in control mm-hmm. and take one day at a time. and. As a medical professional, if you have questions the next day, give the doctor's office a call. We don't mind if you ask us the same question over and over and over again, because the truth is it's such a hard thing to take in in one quick conversation that we're okay. Thank you so much for saying that, Chris. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for saying that. We parents are traumatized by getting the diagnosis that our children have something wrong with their hearts and could die. It's extremely traumatic. And so it is so hard to process that information sometimes. And I'm so glad you say the medical professionals don't mind if we ask over and over. I think, and hopefully Rita would back me up on this too, that it's so overwhelming that it's easy to forget. And you may ask the same question twice in the same meeting, even because it's so hard to process. Definitely. It is overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Continues to be overwhelming. Yes, it does. Doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Because as they get older, they just have new problems. Exactly. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Now we're moving on to a very special group of people who are with us, our patrons. Some of our patrons donate through Patreon. 
some through PayPal, some just give directly to our organization, Hearts Unite the Globe. So in this segment, we get to hear from our patrons, and we're going to start with Joey Jaworski. Can you share with us why you became a patron and a little bit of your connection to the Congenital Heart Defect community? Sure. So my little brother, Alex, was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. So it's been something that's affected me in my life since I've had a little brother. So, of course, when I was an adult and started making money and my mom (laughs) had this opportunity available, I wanted to donate so that she could reach out to all you people who have all these great stories and continue to build this community because I thought it was very important. So this was the best way that I could contribute while I was traveling and far away and such. And you also contributed by being on the podcast, which I really appreciated, especially when I was in a pinch. I'd be like, ah, there's nobody for next week. Joey, will you come on the show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which I never mind doing. That's always fun. I know. And you're a very good guest. You're so well-spoken. But I really appreciated when I told you about the Patreon program, you were one of the first people to sign up. So thank you for doing that, Joey. Of course. Frank Jaworski. You have been on the show before as well, and you're part of the Hearts Unite the Globe board. Can you tell us why you became a patron? I could say that my wife twisted my arm, but that's not true. (laughs) We've been invested in this personally for decades, working very hard at it, and it just made sense to also be invested in financially and give what we can. In addition to being a patron, of course, the time that we give is important. But I know that money sometimes is the essential blood you have to put into a thing to make it work. So I think that was very important. Obviously, my connection to the heart community is twofold. One is because my son has a congenital heart defect. And of course, we still think about it, worry about it, work to make things the best we can. But in addition, my wife is fully invested in running Hearts Unite the Globe. And so it's an honor to me to be able to help out to participate. Thank you, Frank. You have been so awesome, friend of time that this podcast was conceptualized. You've been supportive and I really do appreciate you. A lot of the times the service that I give is just keeping you fed and keeping you alive. (laughs) (laughs) That is true Because (laughs) because you forget to eat sometimes when you're hard at work. That's true. That is true. I have to own that. Pam Davis, it's so exciting for me to have you on the program. This is your first time on Heart to Heart with Anna, and what a joyful occasion to bring you on the show. Can you tell us how you got involved with Heart Unite the Globe and why you have decided to join us? Thank you, Anna. Well, of course, you know how I got involved. I met you shortly after moving to Temple and heard your story of hug and also the story and meeting your amazing heart warrior son, Alex. I learned so much. I did not know anything about congenital heart defect. And I have learned so much through Anna and through Alex and just being part of the board. It's been a wonderful organization And when I began to learn more and more, I knew I wanted to be part of the organization. One thing that really touched me was the number of people that were heart warriors that needed transplants. My daughter, although not a heart warrior, she is a transplant survivor of two years. And I was naturally drawn to the people who are either waiting transplants or have 
received one. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I appreciate that about you. I know that that is something that you bring a unique knowledge base from having gone through your daughter getting a transplant, being on the list and then getting her transplant. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Since she didn't mention it, I'm going to go ahead and mention it. She's also a Toastmaster. (laughs) That's how we meet Anna. (laughs) That's how we met. (laughs) That is how we met. Alicia, welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. This is your first time on the program as well. It is. (laughs) I'm so excited to finally have you on the program. Yeah. Tell me why you became a patron and a little bit about your connection to the congenital heart defect community. Yeah. So I am a heart patient myself. I was born with a single right ventricle, very similar to hypoplastic left heart syndrome, except my aorta was not hypoplastic. I was also born with heterotaxy. Mm-hmm. I had malrotated intestines that I had to have fixed when I was a baby as well. And then now that I'm an adult, I have Fontaine-related liver cirrhosis. So when I found out about Anna's podcast, I was just obsessed. I like listened to a bunch of episodes and I was like, wow, this is such a great resource for patients like me, for parents of patients like me to learn so much because I know my mom has tried to learn as much as she could with me growing up, joining Facebook groups, but I think it's hard to find a podcast. Like you said in your intro, there's millions of podcasts, but a lot of them die out. And I don't think there's many that are specifically about the congenital heart disease community. And I think you're also a really great supporter of the community just on a personal level too. So when I saw that I had a chance to become a patron, I was like, definitely I had to. (laughs) I so appreciate that. And you and I got a chance to meet face-to-face when I went to a conference in Boston. That was really Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, that was a really great conference. And I loved meeting other patients and other parents face-to-face like that because I hadn't really gotten a chance to up until then. Right. I'm so eager for us to go back to in-person conferences, Alicia. Do you think it's going to happen anytime soon? I hope so. That would be amazing. Yeah. There's usually at least one or two conferences a year up in the Boston area. And I have mm-hmm. I have missed going. It's really awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for being part of Hug and for sharing your story with us. That's really special. Jack Lubin is the president of Hearts Unite the Globe. He's done it for three years. And this is your first time to come on the podcast with me. Welcome, Jack. Oh, thank you very much. Can you share with us why you became a patron and a little bit of your connection to the heart community? Certainly. I think it boils down to we met, Frank and you and I, and my wife Ann met through Toastmasters. And I think it was Frank approached me one time and asked me if I were interested in participating with her, which I started thinking about it. And it certainly is a for someone who's my wife and I are relatively newcomers to Austin, been here roughly a little over eight years certainly a commendable way to get involved in the community. And I most certainly was and have been and am impressed with your devotion to such a commendable cause. So I volunteered and am participating. And I always feel there's so little that I can really do, certainly for for those who have heart disease within their families, which to my knowledge, we do not have and those uh, of the medical profession and other experiences. But I'm happy to be able to participate 
and share my thoughts and feelings with you and Frank and the board. And we'll do so for another month or so. (laughs) That's right. The term of president comes to an end at the end of this year. So he will not be president any longer, but he'll be the immediate past president. And so he'll still be helping out the Hearts Unite the Globe board. All right, Joey, here we are getting ready to start our ninth year. What would you like to see the podcast do? Everything that I've seen and heard about it has been awesome. So just keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) I'm not really sure where I'd like to see you go because you do such a good job of being so inclusive throughout not only members of the community who are personally affected by any kind of heart defects, but also through the medical community and such. You do a very good job of being thoroughly inclusive. I guess just broaden your range even more. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been fun to do shows with the siblings. We did an entire season with the siblings and you came on one of those episodes with me, which was really Mm -hmm. awesome because I think the siblings are affected differently than children who don't have a sibling with a chronic illness and don't have to go through multiple procedures and seeing a cardiologist. And you are always so good about going to your brother's appointments with him and trying to make them less scary for him. So that was really, really special. I'm glad that you appreciate the broad range of the podcast and the fact that we have included the siblings and spouses and grandparents. And yeah, we've tried to go just about everywhere. Okay. It's a very good resource for anybody who's first you know, getting confronted with having an infant with a disease. Thank you. Okay, Frank, you've heard about this show since it was just an idea, and here we are getting ready to start our ninth year. What do you think we should be doing for the ninth year? Well, one of the things that I've always appreciated with this show is one of the things that I appreciated from the very first time we found out about Alex's heart defect, which is this technical understanding of what's going on, because I don't know if it's typical just for, for men as, as parents, for fathers or not, or for all parents, but I wanted to understand what was going on. It gave me a sense of control and, and grasp of what was happening, because if I didn't understand what was going on, then it was twice as scary. Yeah. And I was an adult ICU nurse when Alex was born and an emergency nurse. So I had some background, but I did not know nearly enough about pediatrics. And so every time we do a show about the technical aspects, be it dysrhythmias, be it different kinds of co-problems that come up along with heart defects, it helps me to understand better what's going on and what potential problems we can face in the future. And it gives me some surety that I know at least what's happening. Even if I can't affect anything, I understand it better. So I think more shows in which we interviewed medical professionals to bridge that information to the families and to the patients themselves, I think those are very important. Right. And that's why I was so excited when I was talking to Dr. Phillips before we started this recording today. He was telling me that he just went to a conference in New York City, and they were talking about how some heart warriors have different learning disabilities. And as an adult, he was actually diagnosed with a particular learning disability, which he didn't know he had. So we're actually going to be talking about that in 2022. So I'm really excited about that. You're right. The more information you have, the more power you have. And as a parent, you want to know what you can do to help your child, whether your child is child age or whether your child is an adult, but still an adult living with a congenital heart defect. So I'm glad that's something that you're interested in hearing, Frank, because like you, that is something that really interests me too. And I know that's something that Rita and I have talked about as well, as we're watching our heart warrior get older, 
we have new concerns. And so there are an infinite number of shows, I think, that can be done. What about you, Pam? You're kind of new to this compared to a lot of the people that you've heard from today. What would you like to see Heart to Heart with Anna do in its ninth year? One thing I would like is for you to do more of those. And I know you're already doing it. Where you're actually talking to the heart warriors, you're talking to the parents. Because as a parent, I'm hearing the medical side at the hospital, but I want to hear the personal side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best part about me doing my podcast is I get to speak to the professionals, but I also get to speak to the heart warriors, to their parents, to their spouses, to their siblings. So I feel like I get a much more complete picture of what it means to live with a congenital heart defect and be part of the CHD community. So I'm really glad that you enjoy that aspect as well. And I'm not only interviewing professionals, but I do have a healthy blend of all members of the heart defect community. So I'm glad that you said that, Pam. Alicia, what would you like to see us do in our ninth year? So I agree with Joey. I think you should just continue to do what you're doing, spreading awareness and supporting families. I think you've done a great job of focusing on the new things we're learning about being an adult with CHD. So I think continuing to do that and focusing on topics that relate to what might happen in the future. You know, I'm the doctors some are still learning about because yeah. I personally want to know. Right. I learned about Fontan-related liver disease only four or five years ago. My parents never knew anything about it when I was little or growing up. So it was sort of something unexpected. So I think parents now of babies with CHD should know about stuff like that earlier right. on. Right, right. I'm really glad that you have found right. that helpful. Knowing all the information really really eased my mind. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much for being part of this anniversary special. And thank you to everyone who is listening. If you have a suggestion, feedback, or a comment you'd like to make, please share it on our Heart to Heart with Anna Facebook or Instagram page. That's it for this week's episode. I've enjoyed being your host today. Please come back next week when we'll have another new episode. And if you've enjoyed listening to Heart to Heart with Anna, why don't you join our Patreon group? You just go to www.patreon.com slash heart to heart. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.